0: Book One, Chapter Eight of Toussaint l'ouverture A Biography and Autobiography. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Toussaint l'ouverture A Biography and Autobiography by John Reilly Baird. Book One, Chapter Eight. Toussaint becomes master of a central post, is not seduced by offers of Negro emancipation nor of bribes to himself, repels the English who invade the island, adds l'ouverture to his name, abandons the Spaniards, and seeks freedom through French alliance. After the conquest of Dondon, Toussaint rushed on Marmelade, which was commanded by Vernet, a mulatto of a feeble and distrustful mind having under his orders a legion composed of negroes recently liberated as well disciplined as the battalions of toussaint he in his timidity importuned the commission to send him on the twentieth of july seventeen ninety five polverel wrote him these lines we do not think you a traitor but you show not the courage of a republican if you do not feel strength enough to die rather than yield say so frankly we can easily find citizens who make no account of death when the honour of their country is at stake. On the morning of the 27th, Toussaint, having formed connections in the place, made an attack on Marmalade. By the evening, opposition was overcome. Vernet joined his fortunes with those of Toussaint, whose niece he afterwards married, and, rising to the rank of general, died under the reign of the Haitian king Christophe. Meanwhile, the lieutenant-colonel Forneau was advancing from Port-au-Prince against Saint-Michel in the hope of effecting a division in favor of the French civil authority. The Republican troops suffered a complete defeat. Diffourneau himself received several wounds. Encouraged by the victory, Toussaint advanced and captured Innery. Thence he wrote to the inhabitants of Gouneve, lying on the western shore, to induce them to surrender a rising en masse was attempted and failed the heads of the population hastened to take flight by sea but toussaint had not been able sufficiently to protect his rear hearing that chanlatte was advancing from plaisance against him he judged it prudent to retreat driven back to marmalade he employed himself in efforts to abate the evils of the war recalling the planters who had taken refuge in the spanish territories he restored to them the possession of their estates and so prevented the destitution which the conflict threatened to produce these varieties of success brought no settlement if the commissioners gained an advantage here a defeat there countervailed its effect once more would they try an appeal to the love of liberty accordingly Sontonax proclaimed at the cape universal freedom Bolverel repeated the proclamation at Port-au-Prince. Symbolic ceremonies were celebrated on these occasions, which were repeated in various places in which the authority of the Commission still prevailed. The consequent enthusiasm was not without some effect. But Toussaint was not easy to be deceived. The destinies of the Republic were, he knew, uncertain. The faith of its representatives in Haiti was worse than doubtful. The colonists would be neither gained nor overcome by an understanding with the civil commissioners. He had, therefore, no course before him but to continue faithful to the King of Spain. His actual position was the only position he could hold consistently with his hope of ever achieving the independence of his caste. For the complications of the contest he was not answerable. If, therefore, he now had to defend the cause of the blacks against blacks themselves, He had no option but to submit to the painful necessity. Never, perhaps, did a conflict present more heterogeneous combinations, or more regrettable collisions. The white Republicans of France were arrayed against the white colonists of Haiti, whom they were sent to succor. The black man's hand was raised against his brother. The mulatto, enemy and friend of both, was by both distrusted and destroyed. Constituted authorities were in hostility bands of injured men seeking redress assailed each other spanish royalty fostered colonial insurrection the forces of the country were exhausted in the mutual and ever recurring strife without unity and without result the war raged on every side uniform only in the universal ravages which it inflicted this ruinous complication was to be yet more complicated discord threw on the wasted shores of haiti another brand we have already seen the planters make overtures to england in their dissatisfaction with france they renewed their application the court of st james instructed williamson governor of jamaica to lend the required assistance in this appeal the proprietors of le grand anse sent to the governor a treaty which was accepted among the points agreed on was that the island should pass into the hands of britain and that its representative should have full power to regulate and govern the island with a view to its restoration to tranquillity. From the tenor of this article, and from the express words of others, the object of the colonists was to turn the power of Great Britain to account, in order to effect that in which they themselves had failed, the humiliation of the mulattoes, and the subjugation of the blacks. With a view to the occupation of Haiti, Governor Williams, in September 1793, Sent an armed force under Colonel Whitelock, which disembarked at jurimi on the ninth of the month, and on the twenty-second, the harbor of Saint Nicholas was put into the possession of the English, who, in consequence, held two important positions in Haiti: the latter at the extremity of the northern, the other near the extremity of the southern tongue of its western end. While the military chiefs of the mulattoes stood aloof, many of the men of color, not being soldiers. Threw themselves into the arms of the British, and Saint Marc, Lyogan, Le Grand Guave, and many towns of the south adopted the conditions of Le Grand Anse. While little more than the Cape and Port-au-Prince remained in the power of the commissioners, an English fleet anchored in the harbor of the last-mentioned city and demanded its surrender. This armament received an increase shortly afterward. As usual, dissension and treason were at work among the forces of the authorities with their aid the english effected a landing and took up a position the commissioners fled to jacquemel there they learned that a decree had been passed against them by the national convention in paris they submitted and were received as prisoners on board l'espérance during the interval port-au-prince became the scene of new horrors the immigrant beranger at the head of a legion took possession of the town, and seizing Fort Joseph, where the whites had taken refuge, who could not find room on board the vessels in the harbor, he caused them to come forth one by one, and as they appeared, he threw them headlong from the rampart into the foos, saying, Republican, leap down the tarpian rock. Thus perished two and thirty persons, and but for the orders of the English general not one would have been spared. ENGLAND HAD NOT INVADED THE FRENCH PART OF HAITI WITHOUT HAVING AN UNDERSTANDING WITH SPAIN. BY THE CONVENTION BETWEEN THE TWO PARTIES, IT WAS AGREED ON THAT ENGLAND SHOULD ESTABLISH ITS PROTECTION OVER THE WEST AND THE SOUTH, AND THAT SPAIN SHOULD EXTEND ITS DOMINION FROM THE EAST TO THE EXTREMITY OF THE NORTH. ACCORDINGLY, WHILE THE ENGLISH INVADED THE WEST AND THE SOUTH, THE SPANISH INVITED THE CREOLES OF THE NORTH, WHO HAD LEFT THE COLONY, TO RETURN AND TAKE POSSESSION OF THEIR PROPERTIES on the faith of the promises made to them two hundred colonists quitted the united states and entered their homes at fort dauphine shortly after jean francois at the head of a body of negroes encamped under the walls of that place resistance was not offered in the persuasion that they came only to second the operations of the spaniards the next day after the celebration of mass those blacks mingled with spaniards having formed themselves into bands traversed the streets and slaughtered every frenchman they met with as enemies of the saints and of kings to use the words by which they were encouraged to the butchery by the priests the massacre was general only fourteen persons escaped meanwhile rigo aided by petion and other mulatto chiefs attacked the english and taking from them Leogan and tiburon blockaded them in la Grande anse finding the enemy formidable Whitelock endeavored to bribe Rigaud and Laveau, then provisional governor of the colony, into acquiescence, if not submission. The former simply rejected the offer. The latter replied, Your being my enemy does not give you the right to put on me a personal insult. As an individual, I demand satisfaction for the injury you have done me. Laveau, believing the cape indefensible, took up his position at Port du which he fortified and under its walls braved all the efforts of the english while they on their side occupying the harbour of san nicolas commanded all the approaches to the city by sea the spaniards masters of nearly all the north pressed port du Paix by land and cut off the supplies of provisions so that the place underwent the privations of a siege for more than six months wrote laveau under the date may twenty fourth we have been reduced to six ounces of bread a day, officers as well as men, but from the thirteenth of this month we have none whatever, the sick only, excepted. If we had powder, we should have been consoled. Our misery is truly great. Officers and soldiers experience the greatest privations. We have in our magazines neither shoes nor shirts, nor clothes, nor soap, nor tobacco. The majority of the soldiers mount guard barefooted, like the Africans, we have not even a flint to give them in, notwithstanding, be assured that we will never surrender if indeed we shall ever capitulate. Be assured too that after us the enemy will not find the slightest trace of Port sooner than be made prisoners when the balls shall have destroyed everything here, and we have no longer anything to defend. We will retire and flying from mountain to mountain we will fight incessantly until aid comes from france bravery and determination worthy of a better cause the hope of aid from france proved chimerical yet the notion helped to keep the soldiers in the line of duty relief indeed came to them but it was from an unexpected quarter miserably was this unfortunate island torn asunder by spaniards french english mulattoes and the blacks by monarchists, by republicans, by skeptics, by romanists, by false friends and true friends of negro emancipation. A lamentable illustration of the diversity of these rival interests was presented at saint Mark. The same day, three flags balanced and negatived each other under the influence of political breezes. Four cockades symbolized four different sets of opinions. Here were whites who wore the black cockade, There, other whites who wore the white cockade, while the mulattoes wore the red cockade, and some soldiers wore the tricolored cockade. About this time may be dated the final change which the name of Toussaint underwent by receiving the addition of l'ouverture. L'ouverture is a French word which signifies the opening. The surname is said to have been given as indicative of the opening which Toussaint had made for himself in the ranks and the possessions of the enemy if this was its origin the name is appropriate though not always successful he rushed on his foes with an impetus which mowed down opposition with poetic license lamartine in his drama makes the designation derived according to him from l'aurore daybreak to have been given to toussaint by a monk who thus intimated to him that he was to be the morning star of a new era in haiti Un en époux va père, col tout d'où les foie, dont les noix sont les foies. En vinant visitou l'atelier du jacmel, s'arrêta du vent comme commun entre Samuel. Quel est ton nom? Tu pauvre magnor digne Si C'est le nom de ton corps, mais le nom de ton âme. Si t'aurore, dit-il, ou mon pere et es-tu quoi? Du jour que Dieu prépare et qui en toi il Illinoisis ignorant du pis cette aventure encore on en pense en homme mon pain Footnote. literally translated one day, a capuchin, one of those poor fathers, corpoporteurs of the faith, of whom the blacks are the brothers, in coming to visit the workshop of Jacquemel, stood still before me like another Samuel what is thy name toussaint poor victim of infamy it is the name of thy body but the name of thy soul is the auroral dawn said he o father and of what of the day which god hath prepared and rises in thee and the ignorant blacks since that adventure in corrupting my name have called me l'ouverture toussaint l'ouverture bohème dramatique bar a de la martine act 2 scene 2 end of footnote a third explanation has been given according to pamphile de la croix toussaint assumed the epithet in order to announce to his people that he was about to open the door to them of a better future footnote memoire de saint dominique volume 1 page 303 end of footnote In this view, his name became a token of his object, that object he was too prudent to make known in the early period of his efforts. Now, however, might he make the announcement without serious risk. The event justified his conduct. That event would be aided forward by the name. The opening was before the negroes. Whenever they saw Toussaint, they were reminded of the opening. Whenever they pronounced his name, they were encouraged to advance toward the opening there was the door they had only to be bold and enter in to the desired temple of freedom toussaint l'ouverture had returned to his mountain stronghold marmalade where he fixed his headquarters from that place as a center he surveyed the whole island which to a great extent he now held under his domination already the shepherd boy had become a potentate it was a time not only for repose but for the endearments of home from the time of his entering the service of spain he had removed his wife from the theatre of war he himself conducted her to the mountain fastness of san miguel and for seven months he had not been able to pay her a visit kind-hearted as he was how must he have been moved when now after unexpected triumphs he found his wife and children in safety his entrance into the place was an ovation the commander in a truly spanish fashion ordered, among other tokens of rejoicing, bull-fights, in honor of the victor. Toussaint L'Overture had gained the esteem as well as the confidence of his Spanish masters. Impressed with his respect for religion as well as the general probity of his character, the Marquis Hermona, under whose orders he was, exclaimed, on seeing him take the communion, No, God cannot, in this lower world, visit a purer soul. Thus esteemed by the Spaniards, Feared by the English, dreaded by the French, hated by the planters, and reverenced by the negroes, Toussaint L'Overture felt that a crisis had come in his public life, which required the calmest consideration and the soundest judgment. His achievements, his personal influence, and the condition of the conflicting parties, combined to show him the opening door, if only he had wisdom and strength, to take the right path. What was that path? the colonists were all but deprived of power for harm the mulattoes had no organization the english held only a point or two of the country from the colonists and the men of color little very little was to be feared or hoped the negroes had learnt the secret of their power this result if no other satisfactory result had ensued from the conflict on them might toussaint Louverture now place great reliance if they were not already good soldiers they had performed great things and gave promise of soon being able both to deserve and achieve independence but was their emancipation to be gained through spain spain was powerful in haiti was its power likely to conduce to the opening on the contrary spain was opposed to emancipation her power, then, was power adverse to the great object of toussaint L'Ouverture's life. What did fidelity to that object demand? Before the question could be answered, another element of thought had to be weighed. France, in Haiti, was in a miserable condition. Should she be crushed? If she was crushed, the alternative lay between the slave dominion of England and the slave dominion of Spain. But though France was depressed, could she be crushed? her arms were triumphant in europe and a strong effort to rescue her favorite colony might reasonably be expected the present depression was such as to call for gratitude toward any effectual helper the possible continuance of the depression gave assurance of the probability that even in opposition to france still more in conjunction with france the independence of the negroes if not the independence of the island might be achieved why, then, not seek the opening in union with France? The disposition implied in the question was confirmed by a recent decree of the French legislature, February fourth, seventeen 1794, which, declaring Haiti an integral part of France, confirmed and proclaimed the freedom of all the slaves. This was a very grave act, an act of the mother country, not a mere device of a local commissioner, This was a deliberate and solemn recognition of the very object of Toussaint's life, not a trick in war for the very purpose of frustrating that object. And this step was taken when, to some extent, the days of French Republican weakness had given place to days of strength, and when the name of Republican France had begun to become a terror in the world. Hence many things pointed to a coalition with France—her weakness, her power, her liberality, Alliance, too, with her, seemed the natural course. Independence by her, with her, and eventually, if it might be, without her, involved the introduction of no foreign element into the Haitian world, no new language, no strange customs, and unacceptable manners. A French colony would still remain essentially French. Old usages would remain in honor. Old observances would not be trampled on. Old associations would not be disregarded or broken up. Especially would religion remain uninjured and unchanged. Haiti was a Catholic island, and France was a Catholic country. Toussaint L'Overture, too, was a sincere Catholic. Religious considerations, always powerful with him, seemed to have received special attention, and had special weight in this juncture. The Abbe de la Haye was his adviser. The same clergyman went between him and laveau at length a distinct offer was made by the french commander Toussaint l'ouverture accepted the opening in this important step he was doubtless influenced by a consideration derived from his actual position he was surrounded by violent men he was in some sort under the control of violent men certainly he was intimately allied with men of color by whom or with whom negro emancipation could not be wrought out of these facts he about this time was made painfully aware his superior in command jean francois quarrelled with Bissot. over the latter toussaint as the former knew possessed great influence choosing to implicate toussaint in the quarrel jean francois committed him to prison by bissau he was delivered the hazard had been great he who could incarcerate might slay a second peril of the kind was not to be thought of therefore the great the final step must be taken having adopted precautions for the safety of his family he made his military arrangements with skill and carried them into effect with success he then proclaimed universal liberty in all the districts under his influence on the fourth of may he pulled down the spanish and hoisted the french flag wherever he was in power fright and confusion prevailed among the spaniards joy agitated the bosoms of the negroes nearly all the north returned to their allegiance to france end of book one chapter eight recording by james k white chula Vista.